Welcome to NFP, the Non-Fungible Podcast, with your host, D. Klein. Hey, this is NFP with your host, Darren Klein, and today I have a very special guest. My guest is the CEO of BAE on NFP, <laughs> Sasha Bailey. Hey, nice, nice to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah. I, hey, I got it, didn't I? Yeah, I, said no, I was pretty impressed that acronyms, acronyms all came correctly. out pretty right there. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, BAE stands for um, Blockchain Art Exchange, yes. Yes, yes, that's correct. Uh, but blockchain and, exchange is a bit of a mouthful. Um, honestly, it was kind of like, what are we going to call this thing? And um, it made the most sense and the website domain was available. So we just kind of went with that. But on hindsight, we probably should have picked something a little bit more snappy. <laughs> <laughs> right. Now you began as a model and an actor, correct? Yes. If you look me up on Google, it just says actor because uh, I, I just have an IMDb. So um I started when I was 16, I left school and I didn't really know what I was going to do. Um, so I had obviously my, my, my dad's experience in the fashion world. So I just went, okay, I'll give modeling a go. Um, I knew I didn't want to go to school for anything that was like technical, like science or, um, or anything like, uh, or being a doctor or a lawyer. So the best advice someone gave me, um, which was my acting coach at the time, and this was when I wanted to be an actor, uh, said that I should just do nothing until I'm 25 um, <laughs> and uh, get as much that life seems experience. Like awful advice. I, I mean, I, he's he's um, he's actually in. Uh, I've got a name drop a little. He was in American Gods. He was the uh, Anubis. So he's he, he did pretty well for himself. But he said basically the best best thing you can do as an actor is um, is learn about life so uh and then go to acting school after that um but so you see yourself going back into acting definitely not definitely not wisdom no 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 No? i i I, it was something i wanted to do for a little while and then i kind of so what happened is i I modeled for a little while then i came back to england um after i went to japan uh at 17 for two months and kind of got into i didn't really know what i was going to do and then my my dad said, you've got to do something, otherwise you can't stay in the house anymore. So I was like, all right, fair enough. Um, and then I got, I ended up getting kicked out of the house. I ended up working at bars. And then I kind of ran away to the modern day version of what someone would call, I guess, I guess it would be like running away to the circus. I, I worked at um, a club called The Box in Soho, which is a burlesque sex club um, as a promoter. Um, there's also one in New York. If you're from New York or London, you'll, you'll probably know it. It's not as crazy as it sounds. It's like, uh, it is literally just like an adult version of the circus. And then while I was there, I met a owner of a gallery who wanted to do an erotic, uh, photography show. And I happened to know a erotic photographer and a, a two of them actually. And we put on a show called human relations at a gallery called the imitate modern. Um, it sounds like I'm saying in the Tate modern, but it's called the imitate modern. And then from there, I'd always been interested in art. And then from there, I did a few more shows with them. I did one with Russell Young, um, who's, uh, I think he's from um, north of England. Uh, He does, he's like the original guy to kind of throw diamond dust on the Marilyn Monroe. Um, Like you've seen, you've seen that a million times at art fairs. If you've been, there's hundreds of artists who do it now, but he was kind of the first guy to think, hey, I'm just going to print off this big picture and put diamond dust all over it. which think of what you may of that artwork it's become somewhat of a staple in a lot of people's homes now uh okay and then i did that and then i started my own company um to create art, 
to create art, uh, to curate and manage artists. And I kind of been working with artists a little bit on the side um, up until that point, just kind of like getting them uh, magazine deals and things like that. And then I started a company called the Something Else Collective, which was a kind of collective of people doing artwork for kind of outsider artists. We did a few shows, one in Covent Garden, and we did like a photo shoot. All of this stuff is actually on um, YouTube under, if, if you look up the Something Else Collective, I think the channel's still there. Um, mm -hmm. Now, this curation, was that that quite useless? Um, that was the second no. company I started. Was... So the, the collective okay. kind of fell apart, as a lot of collectors of young people do, um, you know, different interests. So I formed it as like an official mm -hmm. company, uh, and that was Quite Useless mm -hmm. Arts, which was based on the Oscar Wilde quote, all art is quite useless. And then I did. It's a fantastic name. Oh, no, thank you. I, 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 I was a little bit foreboding, and I guess it did turn out the way that it was because all of the uh, companies named quite useless on Companies House in England were liquidated. And now, now there's another <laughs> one that is. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I think it's a bit of a cursed name. Um, but the. Uh, <laughs> also, it's too easy for people to pick it apart. You know, if you do one thing wrong, it's. Um, but we did this massive kind of. The combination of all of that was this massive show in South Bank, um, which was at the Oxo Tower, and it was, I think, twenty artists. It was over five stories, and we had four really massive artists in it. We had um, uh, my, my father, um, but we also had Brian Clark. Um, God, who else did we have? I should really know this offhand. Um, in any event, we had some we had some really big artists involved with the show, um, and that was kind of oh, we had this uh, uh, this daughter of one of the uh, sheikhs of um, um, Saudi as well was involved with it. She had this massive, amazing piece. There are, there are photos on it online. It was called the Bembai Expo, but that kind mm -hmm. of um, capped that off. And then I was looking around for something else to do, and and all this time. Uh, blockchain had been something that I was really interested in. Um, I, I started mm. actually mining uh, Dash back when it was Darkcoin on my PC. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then I kind of got involved with, I got involved with um, more and more of the idea of how could we track art on the blockchain. Um, and at first, you know, everyone was thinking, well, you just send, you know, Bitcoin from A to B and, and use that as some sort of stamp. Um, and then I saw the video with Chris um, at Couchbase uh, in 2014, the one where he's talking about monograph and he, he built the uh, whole monograph system. And then I thought, oh, okay, well, that really makes sense. And then CryptoKitties happened. So mm -hmm. that was kind of, uh, I guess, a basis. To, uh, it's, it's silly because I, I, think, I, I think a lot of the companies that started 2018 may have had a similar pitch with their um, investors which is hey it worked for digital cats why wouldn't it work for digital art um sure and then we kind of we built the company from there and then that's how the bae kind of started in 2018 and it took a really long time to um kind of hash out all the tech because it wasn't what back that now it's quite easy to put together an nft smart contract back then it was and we were working kind of in a void it wasn't so set in stone there was quite a lot to kind of work out and build um and then we launched it later that year but by the time we launched it, we had very impatient investors and they kind of got bored of the whole idea and moved on to something else, which hopefully they regret now. Um, <laughs> and uh, so they, Yeah, I mean, they, they gave us enough money to build the smart contract 
um but that was pretty much it and it was quite a lot of research that we put in and one of the guys it was great these are all like great ideas but they're stuff that we did so much time on and then it was like you know what that doesn't actually need to be done like we came up with this whole grading system for digital art because he worked in solar panels and he thought that we should have a standardized grading system like the way that solar mm. panels have for absorbing light but for art and we put lots of time into all sorts of weird places i think that's one of the lessons learned from this is to um is to kind of trust your when you're building a product is, is to be quite firm and to trust your own gut and not necessarily let yourself be pulled around by what the investors necessarily think is the best thing to do um so in in 2018 really late 2018 we ended up launching and then we kind of uh some people were in this space for a really long time may remember our version one um site and it didn't didn't really do what it was supposed to do there was a lot of stuff missing um the standards for um like the metadata standards which uh what is it the um uri how we didn't really implement as we should have we kind of did everything how we thought we should do it without looking as much into the space and then we reformatted the whole thing relaunched it on open sea and for a year um we were pretty much just on open sea uh mm -hmm. and then 2019 uh late 2019 i built i thought this is ridiculous i need some sort of a front end um and i didn't have any budget at all i, I built the the bae which is the blockchain art exchange uk um myself on a wordpress and uh, i think it, it total the total cost of it is about 600 600 um mm -hmm. so i built that and then the smart contracts the erc721 was working in the background and for about a year we we worked on the back of that but obviously it has no resale ca capabilities it's just kind of gallery um right so this year finally once getting enough profit together um from the last year of running i built the myba.io which is the peer-to-peer -peer, uh one that you see and this is it, it, it's still a work in progress like it was very much like mm -hmm. me thinking i need to get this i need to get this up um so the the layout you see the way that it looks is very much kind of was it works and and this has kind of been my motto a lot of the time is it works and then let's improve it over time it doesn't have to be perfect at the onset we can make it better as long as it does the functionality that it needs. And then we can work out what people actually want and making it better. So the design, the layout, all of that sort of stuff is is subject to change. It works really nicely on mobile, actually, um, which is one of the strong points of the design that we currently have. But I, I do think it needs to be uh, reformatted. So talking of reformatting, what kind of things do you envision? What... Well, so we've got this like really cool video um, that we probably spent way too much money on back in back with <laughs> the uh, investors. I actually think we've got one of the coolest um, like uh, blockchain videos the, that, that's out there. And I, I think we're going to go with a kind of a design that's reminiscent of that because I was thinking for ages, I, I don't like the, the Facebook design that's taken over the entire web. Mm. Um, I'm I'm kind of opposed to the the way that looks. Um, so I want to do something that's different, but still you know still minimalist, still chic, but not. Yeah, I'm just I'm 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 sick of that. I think that it's time that the web kind of develops into a new look um, because everyone's taken on that that Facebook design um, across everywhere, and every website looks the same. And I, I get it because it works, but I'm not one maybe i'm just like to put obstacles in my own way um <laughs> <laughs> i think what i like about bae and i'm probably gonna mint some stuff on there sometime soon because i like trying the new platforms what i like about it is 
I see an authenticity there that is lacking in some other platforms where it's, it seems like it really is focused on the art. Oh, thank you. No, I you know? appreciate that. So I, I do get that feeling from it, that it's, it's more about the artists and the art. And there seems to be just a, just the way it's laid out. You know, um, I find with some competitors, there's just so much going on that you feel like you can't really go and focus on a particular artist. Whereas here, when I'm on BAE, the first thing I see is the artist, you know, like, so for example, if I'm just scouring through your artists, I see their names. I see Gary Cartledge. I see Bitjamin. I see, etc. Yeah. Right. And, and that to me, it, it just, it might not even be a conscious choice on your part. I don't know, but it puts a little bit more emphasis on the people that are involved in the building the platform as opposed to, or making the platform what it is. Yeah. And that's, as opposed to a product. Do you know what I mean? I know exactly what you mean. I mean, that's always been the goal is because obviously my background is, is curation um, among other things, but it's, that's predominantly what I've done. Um, so it's, it's always been about putting the artist first and making sure that the artist is the number one person to, to see. And kind of, I, I guess my theory with the, with the website is um, like, I don't know if it translates fully, but whenever you go to art fairs, you see most of the booths are all white and they're all simple white, white walls but then mm -hmm. gagosian blaine southern all the big galleries will either do gray or they'll do chain link or they'll do black walls and that makes their booths stand out so much more and look so much more luxury because of the uniformity of everyone else so that's kind of the idea was to play off play off that sort of theory but i don't know if that translated exactly right we're, like i said we're thinking of um of overhauling design a little bit but keeping it artist focused mm -hmm. now talking to you about my bae.io yeah. obviously because this podcast is pretty small at this point um most of the people who are listening are people who are already into crypto art but for those who are kind of new to this experience um what is it that you know you would say bae offers you know crypto artists that are just exploring this for the first time and are looking to get into it you know besides you know the usual you know say going to rareable or OpenSea yeah. or whatever why why come to my bae.io so um we offer i mean aside from customer support helping people through the basic levels which i think a lot of the galleries are lacking um we also offer the highest level of customizability with your artwork so um really quite simple on the upload page there is tick boxes that allow you to self-host and i Thought, thought about this like the best way to create a really decentralized art market is if people actually self-host their artwork um so you can come to be so that involve creating like a, a contract like open sea type thing no like so, no no, no. What I, it's more about the actual um like location of the data file because that's the problem with crypto art right you have um it's, it's relatively easy to get the contract out there do that but actually where the artwork is stored is one of the things that people overlook um so the IPFS is great and people can very easily host their own IPFS nodes. But if say we hosted a IPFS node and then one day it went down and then people stopped seeding it, that would cause, you know, that would cause a lot of problems. So it's more decentralized if we can push people towards actually hosting their own IPFS nodes, using their own mega uploads, using all of these systems that already exist to spread out the data and create um, kind of an interconnected web rather than relying all on a centralized because even, you know, like I said, even if you are using the IPFS to a degree, you're still using a centralized system if it is your own node. 
the more nodes you have, the better it works. It's like when Infura went down um, mm-hmm. not that long ago, everyone suddenly realized that while Ethereum's decentralized, everyone is pushing through this central node. Sure, it's kind of like Amazon Web Services. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, when they're down, it's like, forget about it. Yeah, right? the whole web falls, falls apart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a very interesting point. So if I'm going through that process, like, is it a pretty technical experience then? Like, um, I haven't you actually... Can up, you can just upload straight to our servers, and we will push that to our own IPFS nodes once the website's, like, in full complete mode. Um, but the... It's it's as long as you know how to host an image, um, and it ends with you know the .jpg .mp4 .gif extension, then you should be good. And there's there's lots of things out there like the IPFS desktop is insanely easy to use. I I, I think mm-hmm. anyone, even a technical people, could use it. Um, and I would really kind of advise that people look into those sort of options because, you know, having a decentralized smart contract, having which is something we want to do in the future. Uh, so people can launch their own, but also having decentralized hosting, I think, is is really important. And then also the other advantages to using the BAE would uh, be the fee advantage. We have the lowest fees of anywhere. Um, it's 0.5% if you want to do an auction, and it's 2% if you want to do a fixed sale. Um, wow, that is low. But because we're open platform, open front end, we take a 0.004 ETH, it was around $2, um, ETH upfront minting fee. And this is obviously to fund the platform, but it's also to stop because what happens on um, open platforms a lot is is a lot of fake artwork gets uploaded. Sure. And if there's a financial incentive for people not to do that, you know, if people believe in their artwork, they're usually quite happy to pay $2 to put it up. You're already paying that for gas anyway. But um, I've noticed that most scammers don't like to actually pay people. They're fine with paying Ethereum. <laughs> But as soon as they're giving money to a service, they feel like they've got the possibility of losing out from what they're doing. <laughs> Scammers tend to be people who want to work as little as possible for yeah. their money. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so putting that, I mean, it hasn't prevented it completely, but combining that with like a hardline stance on just like erasing anything they put up um, has seemed to discourage a lot of the fake artists uh, from from coming towards BAE. Which is how, how do you deal with that? There just must be a deluge sometimes. Of There's yeah, I mean, like, I, I I I'm kind of very. Um, I will take your money and I will delete the artwork afterwards, but I'll wait until you upload a bunch of it because I see them uploading it and it's like, okay, well this mm-hmm. one's fake. Let's let's let him upload a few more and then <laughs> and then we'll just nuke the whole thing. Um, but so that's I think that you know I think that's fair enough because they've cost people a lot of money in this space. Um, you know, just yeah. uploading, and it's relatively. I mean, I would advise anyone to right click on every artwork on every exchange, whether curated or not, and just reverse image search it. It takes five minutes of your time, and you may find that it's uploaded somewhere else, or it comes directly from Giphy or something like that. Good advice. What do you think about kind of some of this remix stuff going on? Every single guest I've had on so far has had fairly similar opinion actually i've I've been surprised they're pretty much all in agreement I, uh even even going back to people like shepherd fairy saying hey you know what it's totally cool to riff on someone else's work you know but the the crucial part being are you being duplicitous are you being deceptive what, what do you think where, where are you on that so when you say remix do you mean take someone's work and kind of transform it into something else it's a pretty vague word, right? Yeah. Because I mean, if you look at something like what BitBoy did about two weeks ago, and this is getting to be old news now, um, where it was simply placing a logo on someone else's artwork, and other than that, the artwork wasn't really altered. Well, yeah. I mean, it had a red frame on it instead, 
you know that sort of idea where it's like that's pretty minimal effort there yeah i, I think you've got to what do you think i think you've got to stick to to what the copyright law says and i think in in the u.s it has like a specific n- a number of things that you have to change i think um but in i think the uk law one's a bit better it just says that the work has to be arguably highly transformative so if you can say that it, you've transformed it into something else and you you wholeheartedly believe that and i don't think bitboy would wholeheartedly believe that he had transformed it into something else um you know if google lens, if google lens doesn't throw up the original image instantly on seeing it which i think for bitboys it probably would um probably, yeah, yeah I, I think you haven't transformed it even enough you know and it's you've got to transform it even more than that you've got to be able to trick a human and an ai into going right okay this is where it came from and i can see those elements now and i've done some research and i've looked into it but if it's just you know it's not enough to, uh, you've got to change it completely um i think so say say bitboy's minting on my bae are you waiting for him and then banning him once you've made some fees off of him well, let's let's see <laughs> <laughs> let's let him upload for a while <laughs> i'll decide later no um if if he did that i think i think his is particularly egregious in the terms of just laziness like it's he he should have made his own artwork and he's what he, he's a he's a youtuber right he would have been able to make something and sure. actually, he could have hired a commission artist to, to create an artwork for him he's it's not like he's got lack of money he just went okay i'll just do this because i'm lazy um let me be the devil's advocate and say it's pretty clear to me looking at it it was not the original it was obvious that it was a bitboy remix yeah maybe i'm a huge bitboy fan <laughs> And I'm like, I want this BitBoy remix of this piece. I know it's not his original piece, but I want it by this. What's to stop me as a free market, free, decentralized, yada, yada, laissez-faire, whatever you want to say? I mean, what's to stop me from justifying buying that? Nothing. And and really, if you've bought it and you like it, there's nothing to justify a platform or anyone removing it. Um but hopefully you can catch that sort of thing before it gets bought is that's what my my goal is um okay. the, but i i think yeah i i think it i think in an ideal world i think if you want to buy it then that's great but i do also think that he should pay you know he should have worked with the artist he should have paid them some sort of commission however i mean someone like andy warhol would absolutely love this um whole concept of just ripping off each other's art and uploading it again it's you know i i I think it's especially funny when artists get marble cards makes me laugh the most because it's like the the, it's like literally just taking the image but some people get really funny about it i made sure that i went and i marbled all of the most expensive art as soon as it came out because i was like okay someone else is gonna do this but Mm -hmm. i yeah I, i I, I don't know. It's difficult because I, I guess Marble Cards is quite an equivalency to the BitBoy thing in a way because all they really do is put a card around it. Well, and that's where you get this element of hypocrisy from some people that are highly critical of it. Yeah. Yet at the same time, they're highly supportive of certain kinds of remixes. I, I you know, it's difficult and it's hard to because um, there is an element of double think going on here, even with me. There is. Um, yeah, because yeah, um, it is. It's it's like it's okay if done within certain parameters, but then also I think some people, and this is where it doesn't really make sense on an on, on a even playing field, is some people will get annoyed if you're punching down. I guess is the way to look at it, 
And I think mm. what BitBoy did was seen as punching down, where because she's okay. much bigger personality. He makes a lot more money than these artists. I don't know how much he makes from his YouTube channel. I don't. I don't know how big he is. I assume that he gets, uh, you know, crypto sponsorships. Um, but if he does that sort of thing, then he could be seen as taking advantage of someone smaller than him. And it's always okay to rip off someone bigger than you. But as soon as you get, <laughs> as, as soon as you get smaller, kind of that Robin Hood mentality. Yeah, exactly. A... And I think that's prevalent yeah. in the art community. But I mean, honestly, I think if I was the artist, I'd get annoyed, use it to, um, you know, probably make a bit of a fuss because that's good for press. And then <laughs> after that, just kind of forget about it because honestly, it's not really that big a deal. Just focus on making new art. Um, right. You know, you know if someone. See, I'm kind of of the thinking that if someone, let's say, I was successful enough that people were remixing my art. I don't know if that's a bad thing. Yeah. You know, it, uh, I feel like, hey, you know what? People are going to trace that back to me at some point and go, oh, here's the original work that it was created from. Because in the case of BitBoy, I forget the artist who originally, what was his name? It started with a C. I forget. But anyway, the original artist that was riffed on in the BitBoy piece got a lot of PR from that. Yeah. But did he only get the PR because he made a huge fuss and he kind of. That's a fair point. Like, I so I, I think that that's what I think is, I, I think if he's clever, he probably knew that he didn't really care. But if I make a lot of noise about this, it's going to create a big stink, it's going to create a big fuss. And really, both of them will end up getting a lot of press and getting good, you know, because it's all a bit of a show art. Um, and I think it's that a game. It's yeah, a it's, game. A, it's a game. And I think you got to take advantage of the rules. Exactly. So, you know, it's almost it, you've got to. Yeah, I think that they they've done better off it than they know that they have. Um, and it's done good for them. However, it would have, but then it wouldn't have even been a story if BitBoy had just credited the person in the artwork, paid them a commission, we wouldn't even be talking about it right now. So the mere fact that he did that thing, it, but is it just because it was the first time ever doing it? It's, you know, it does it set a precedent where people will keep doing it and then it will become less and less interesting and then it's less and less beneficial for the artist. I don't know. I, think... I have a phenomenal collaboration idea. Go on. I'm going to work with an influencer, yeah. big name. I'm going to have them rip me off, agree <laughs> to it. Right? Yeah. And then I'm going to raise up the stink about it and get all the eyes on my work. That's, it's a good collab. It's right? a really good way of doing it. I mean, you're using the you're using the Streisand effect. You're using all of that stuff all at once. It's perfect. Um, you know, and then right. you have well, to up with somebody. <laughs> Sorry? <laughs> No, if you could hook me up with someone who wants to do that. Yeah, I, I think, you know. I mean, I think that that's, I, I honestly think that he probably did, in this case, he probably did the artist a massive favor doing it because he, he, I don't know who the artist was, but if they're relatively unknown, um, it definitely would have catapulted them into the public consciousness and had a lot of people on their side who would have bought the artwork. Um, most people are going to either be on the artist's side or kind of shrug. I don't think, there's going to be many right. people who would defend BitBoy with, you know, they like, yeah, you probably shouldn't have done that. But I refuse to yeah. buy this other artist's work. Yeah. who originally made it and made yeah. it and gave you the idea. Exactly. I won't I, stand for that. I don't think I don't think there's anyone who's that much. Yeah, who's going to do that sort of thing. Um, <laughs> uh, hey, I was looking on your profile, and you also mentioned Foma Mag. Yes. So Foma. Now, Mag. I, I was actually in the fifth issue. Did you know that? Oh. No way, you were in the final. That was the final, um, that was the maybe final issue. So, yeah, for yeah, well, yeah, there's a little bit of a you know, 
what's the word? Footnote. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it was a collaborative piece I did with Robness. Oh, no way. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I created like a haiku. Yeah. Uh, it was called Face on Mars, and he created the visuals. Oh, cool. And I'm flipping through this mag, and I'm like, hey, check it out. <laughs> this is the face I did with Robness. That's so neat. <laughs> Yeah, no, he uh, Rob did a lot of the curating for the for the mag. That was that was yeah, cool. Yeah. That was like born out of um, that was like that the magazine was almost born out of kind of rage at the mo- at the moment. Like I saw a lot of artists getting angry about a lot of stuff, and I was like, hey guys, let's channel this and make a free magazine. And um, we did. We made five issues. I think we'll come back to it at some point. But it it I guess the energy ran out a little bit um, okay. because it was it was super hard to do and. Uh, I love yeah. the formatting. Yeah, it's it beautiful. Like, that's by Gary turn the pages as you look through it. That's by Gary Castledge who did uh, he did all of the exactly. design design work. Yeah, he's really good. Um he yeah, he did all of that. So it was just too much work on on a few people and the energy kind of left a little bit. I think it will come back, but it was a cool experiment and I also think it, it helped um I hope that it kind of helped the space because especially with Gary's design work, I noticed that the other NFT magazines kind of stepped up their game and improved their quality a lot after FOMA came out. So I hope that we kind of set like a standard for how things should be kind of looked at. And, you know, because uh, the cool thing about FOMA is I still use it today to take to people who aren't in space and go, hey, this is what this is all about. And they'll be like, oh, this is cool. There's like a culture and there's a totally. whole thing to it. Yeah, absolutely. No, and it just has a very fine art kind of, uh, what's the word even? Like almost an haute couture type feeling to it. You know, it just, it feels... Very, very um, classy. I, yeah. I really liked it. I really liked the ability to just kind of leaf through it sort of idea. Yeah, like yeah. you would a traditional magazine, right? So you're saying there's no FOMA Mag 6? Not planned yet. We were thinking about doing a Christmas edition, but basically I was I was writing all the stuff for it. Um, I was doing all the artist interviews. I used to do them a lot as well, but then I kind of started building the BAE. Rob went and I think in the last issue, you can kind of see hints that this is going on. Like... Um, Rob started trash and kind of disappeared off doing being the trash sultan um, yep. for a while. And, and I was making BAE 2.0 and kind of the uh, one of the other artists had some personal issues who was working with us. And then we kind of um, kind of just separated. But I think we're all still friends. We all still talk. I think I think it will come back. Um, but it's almost one of those things when the time comes, we'll know. Like it's not necessarily needed right now that the space is moving mm-hmm. in a you know the space is moving at a rapid pace um it and is. i don't think it needs the kind of because that was almost like um fomo mag was almost born out of a justification for trash art um because everyone was it was back when everyone was really kind of ragging on it and uh we wanted to show that this can you know because trash art is definitely now one of the main movements of crypto art um and when people talk about crypto art in the future, it will be impossible to talk about it without the trash movement that built it. Um, it was built. It was built every on... single guest I've yeah. spoken with has had some connection to it. Yeah. Second it... realm, bitumen. Um, uh, yesterday I talked with uh, Oluwakasimo. I don't know. Oh yeah, she's great. She, yeah, 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 yeah. And that was really interesting. Um, and yeah, trash art is a huge part of it. It's just that freedom of expression of it. That Yeah, it, you know. it really is like the most kind of Basquiat, Andy Warhol, sort of, you know, Keith Herring, that sort of era in um, American 
uh at new york that was it was really kind of art focused that's what trash art really felt like like it was just people being hugely experimental um there was controversies there was you know people found out about photo mosh that was a big thing it was like oh my god 50 percent of this artwork is just mosh and it's like so it was slightly better than it just being copied um but, uh, well it's like robness would say it's like punk rock though right that doesn't yeah. necessarily make it a bad thing right yeah. there's, there's an energy to it there's an energy to the spontaneity of it right yeah i think it was cool i i i, I liked the um i like I, i'm i i'm it kind of fizzled out a bit but it definitely is going to be something that defines the movement going forward um I mean, it's moved more now towards uh, what what I originally thought the the space would be, which is um, kind of digital concept artists finding a space to actually sell their artwork. Because that was that was one of the initial problems that I thought needed to be tackled was that they, you know, concept artists only ever can work on commission. But it's really hard for them to sell artwork. Um, Usually that you know they'd have to they'd have to print it do all of they'd have to really frame it in a very luxury kind of um, you know almost on aluminum with with plexiglass to get that sort of finish that you can get in the digital space and that's really where I um, where I guess the space is finally arriving at now with uh, some of the stuff that's selling um, which is both cool and sad it feels a little bit like we're 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 ending we're closing out one era and beginning the next. Um, yeah. which I, it's it's good and obviously the space needs to progress but it is the the cowboy style freedom of expression and just going crazy i feel like is is narrowing down a little interesting so i mean if you look at like a lot of new people that are coming into the space for the first time you know is there a sense that they've kind of missed the boat then or no, I what think... would you say to those I think that if you're new to the space and you're coming in, you're expecting to sell what was selling a year ago. Um, you know, you're, you're coming in, you're expecting to just kind of photo mosh some stuff. Um, I don't think it's going to work for you because you, you're, you're new. You're it's, you know, there's certain artists who will always be able to get away with that. Now they've established themselves, uh, you know, um, second realm, uh, other than Robness, I'm just thinking of a few, um, second rounds one but they they'll always be able to get away with that kind of artwork the because it's them it's 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 part of their yeah they're part of the movement right like um there's a few artists that uh bitumen uh benjamin bitumen it's hard to say his word it's a bit of a tongue twister benjamin franklin uh um him there's there's a there's a bunch of them i'm sorry i can miss miss names obviously uh mo um and they they'll always be able to do that but new people won't so i think anyone coming in now is going to have to come in with a lot more refined talent to get seen or Mm -hmm. something unique i mean it's the same thing always with art something might blow someone away all of the art tropes have kind of been done um like that you see in the art world we had the red pixel we had the um which is you know middle i hope that's digital minimalism done in one go. I, I hope that we don't have to ever go back to doing any sort of like single colors. Oh, excuse me. After that, um, so we've kind of yeah we've we've progressed through all of the basic stuff. Now it's getting more and more complex, and it's becoming more and more render based and bl- render and blender and all of this sort of um, different uh, very very complex things that take a long time to work. Um, to, to learn but i think there's still a place for vector art and i still think there's a place for drawing and i think there's still a place for abstract but i think it's going to have to be a bit different i think glitch art 
like there's certain people who take their place as the you know the the main people in a movement who do that kind of work and a lot of those spaces i think have got filled up um right right. i think we're gonna see with with the beetle sale recently i think we're gonna see an absolute massive influx of um of rendered art and 3d artists i mean we were already kind of seeing that but i think it's going to be a lot more intense and it's going to go to the point where you know there'll be i think that's going to be the next um yeah i guess fight in the world of crypto art is is who's going to be the render artist because that's not really being decided yet like you know beatles obviously is huge he's sold he's got his place in history he's already a huge artist but he won't it's not necessarily the fact that he will end up being the one on top when it's all finishes it's this part of the story i think is just starting what do you think i was talking to bishop the other day and he was talking about how Beeple made this open edition, 582,000 copies. <laughs> Did he sell any of them? He sold 582,000 copies. Jesus Christ. See, okay. So, yes. He made five, Beeple did. Yeah. He, he sold 582,000 $1 open edition pieces and made $582,000. Wow. Now, Beep, Bishop was saying at that point, that might as well be an ERC-20. Like, that's a... Yeah. Is that's it, not rare art anymore. Well, did right? Are there well, even Robbins was saying, Robbins was saying, "Hey, like this, this shows like scarcity doesn't mean shit. Like, are, people are there, want it, they'll buy it." I mean, are there even five hundred and eighty-two thousand buyers in crypto? That doesn't seem to add up. That number, like, I don't know if some people bought a hundred thousand of them. I, I don't I feel know. Like that might be what happened because last count, someone did. In, maybe Ripple front. Corporation bought a couple hundred thousand. Of them. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> the last count that I saw, heard was um, something like 6,000 unique addresses only in, in crypto art, but maybe it's exploded a lot more. Um, so I, I know. I, that I don't seems know. like I don't, a high number to me. Yeah, that does seem like a very high number, 500,000. I mean, was that done on Nifty Gateway? I think you're right. I think it yeah. was. I, I don't remember. I'm, I'm a little... I, I like them, and I think they're great, but I am a little dubious of um, the 100% success rate 100% of the time. Like I, I, uh, I, I find that a little. Um, think someone's cleaning up the mess. Yeah, know, I, kind think, of I think someone's making sure. Well, I think I think someone who is two people might be um, who also used to run. You know, who may have had Facebook stolen from them at some point may um, may be cleaning up and making sure that everything always sells. Because um, interesting it seems, theory. It seems I, a this little, never occurred to me. I, it just seems a little unbelievable. Um, you know, I, I know Sotheby's doesn't even have a hundred percent success rate every single time they put something on. It seems a little, a little pushing the envelope a little too far. But you know, if I had billions, I'd probably do the same. Um, <laughs> wow. Yeah. Huh. That's an interesting thought. I never thought of that possibility. But yeah, but I, it makes sense. It makes sense. I mean, if you want to tout your platform and say, "Hey, come to us!" Like, look how successful we are. No, definitely. Right? I think that they're they, selling out. I, and like, they're selling. Out, I forget what they sold out in five seconds the other day. It was a Beeple piece. Uh, yeah, Beeple piece was a three million uh, in total. It was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I th- I think those the genuinely. I reckon most of their sales are real, but I think that they've definitely that they do a clean up job to make sure that it's always sold and maybe they're going a little bit too far with it because i think anyone who who isn't caught up in the um in the in the craze will will look at it and be a bit like hmm 
and like art collectors who come in later because they've come from a background where they know that there's no such thing as a hundred percent of the time always um they may look at it and be a little bit suspicious because that that's the other thing that worries me about that is um are people going to be able to resell this later or are or is it just the initial sale that's being worried about are people worrying about what's going to happen five years down the road when people come back and go hey is this actually can i actually resell this or is this you know are we making the market too are we building it up too high for there to be a crash and then I mean, I guess that's crypto, isn't it? There'll probably be a crash and then they'll probably sell for 10 times more in 20 years and then 30 years from then they'll be worth billions. I mean, that's that's, that's the point, right? Is how high can we go? Oh, yeah, we, yeah. yeah, if we start outpricing the fine art industry, how, you know, I guess our cap is 450 million. So we've got quite a while to go before we hit the- um... Isn't that just a matter of time though before yeah. it outpaces for the traditional art industry? Don't you think so? I, I do. I, I completely think that um, in, in life, anything that's more convenient will always win. And mm-hmm. that's that's the basic rule of thumb for everything. And I think that art, I, I think it would be silly to think that art's any different just because it's a people go, oh, because of the physical medium. And it's like, if you want to buy a you know picture of cows to put in fields to put in your house, that's still going to be a market. But I think the actual investment market for art isn't so much about having a pretty picture of some cows in a field on your wall. Um, a lot of those people keep it in a vault somewhere. They don't even look at them. Then, you know, they're in climate controlled vaults in Sweden or somewhere like that. And it's, it's, it's like, well, if they're doing that with it, I don't think they care. I don't think that they, you know, it's, this is an investment. It's a store of value. Yeah. It is. And it's it's so similar. This is what really uh, I find funny about Bitcoin people. Um, a lot of them uh, are really kind of against the idea of crypto art. And they always put the same, exactly the same arguments forward as get put forward for anti- for bankers against Bitcoin. And it's like, it's not real art. It's not, there's no physicality to it. It's And it's like, guys, it's, how can you sound exactly like the people before? Um, right. Yeah. They yeah. made this, they, they had the same arguments traditional people have the same arguments against bitcoin is what you're saying yeah as as bitcoiners seem to have against the ethereum nft market sure Mm. yeah absolutely i guess in the case of bitcoin i'm a huge bitcoin fan but i'm not close to other i I think applications right yeah i I think they all have as far as i can see getting into the more crypto thing there's there's three use cases that i can really see in crypto that they are like different and that's um Bitcoin as a store of value currency, in fact, maybe four. So there's like store of value, currency, um, privacy, and then smart contracts. And they seem to be the four things that actually are legitimate use cases. The rest of the stuff piled on just seems to always be a bit of fluff. Um, right. A lot of times people looking for a usage that nobody wants. Yeah. Yeah. Like like tracking fish or something like that. A lot of the tracking use cases were, I think, a bit of a debacle. They've kind of fallen by the wayside now because people are like, oh, yeah, if someone just doesn't scan it correctly, then it doesn't matter anyway. Sure. Yeah. Wine bottles or whatever. Yeah. 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 Totally. Talk about um, BayPay, social currencies. Let's talk about that. You know, I've had a bit of experience with it as a crypto artist where I've accepted a social currency. And I had kind of a funny story the other day when I was talking with one of my guests, how I was accepting trash. And then I kind of forgot that I had a bunch of pieces that were accepting trash. When I originally was accepting it, it was at 30 or $40 per trash. Yeah. And I didn't notice that the price had gone down so much. 
And then one day I got a little notification from emails on OpenSea for like six pieces, seven pieces. Your item has sold. Your item has sold. Your item has sold. I'm like, oh, great. And I look and I'm like, oh, shit, I left these in trash. <laughs> and I looked and I think it was like $26 or something. Yeah, like it's, it's, I think, it, I think it's like $4 now. Um, yeah, but, uh, so I sold all of these. Well, and it seems to have stabilized now, to yeah. be fair. I yeah, mean, yeah. when when it's new, it's going to be volatile, right? I mean, that's to be expected, yeah, right? Yeah, like, yeah, it's yeah. this is not a criticism of trash. No, no, no. I, 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 I We actually support trash on the BAE. Totally. Um, it's you can, you can list for trash, you can list for based, you can list for collector and collector. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now, talk to me about BayPay. What's happening with so that? So, BayPay is it's it's made through Roll mainly because I issued it. I, I issued it ages ago, and then it was just kind of sitting there. And then um, we always had this idea for like a DAO, um, but like more of a kind of uh, like a rewards based one. Um, and then Rary launched Aircoin, and I was like, oh shit, I missed the boat. Um, <laughs> and that was like, I just had it because someone basically what came about is it was initially in the plan um, to have something like that, but we launched it because someone ran a scam coin called BAE, and it's still on Uniswap. Um, it has no liquidity now but in our name, and I think they Maker's Place got one done for them as well. So we were like, oh, okay, well, we better come out with a coin so people don't buy this fake coin. Um, I see. So, and then I kind of added the use case afterwards, and now I've. But so, what we're thinking with 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 BayPay is, um, at the moment, it rewards liquidity providers every week, so that keeps it quite stable, and that keeps the liquidity providers having a pool and um, making sure that they have control over it. And it's it fluctuates between like six and ten cents, and it's relatively stable on liquidity. Um, and and the good thing about it is it's quite a decentralized pool. Like most people. Are, there's a bunch of people who all own 10%. The BAE doesn't really own more than most people. So everyone kind of has equal share in it. Um, but the idea is to make it like a rewards-based token. So rather than um, on Rary, where you just, you know, 50% for you, 50% for them, you, you get it for com doing kind of social activity on the BAE. And I don't want to give okay. away too much because in case Rary is listening, I know that I have like a team of, devs so they can probably build this in like a day um so i'm I'm keeping it a little <laughs> bit quiet but the 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 basic idea is is yeah is is, is rewarding for social action so like social mining um doing things on the website and and getting it that way rather than doing something which um allows people to to just wash trade and receive it going back to the uh, dark coin dogecoin days yeah yeah <laughs> i um god so i well i was what was dark coin originally it was called something before it was even called dark coin it was called something ridiculous like and it had like a uh serial number name um, i'm not sure but yeah i remember i i've been in it since what since neo was ant shares and dark coin and the <laughs> dash was dark coin and yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. it's it's um Do you remember verge yeah, I, I did you ever Verge mind? came out of that all too, right? Yeah, yeah. Did you ever mind quarks? I didn't. Oh, I, I mind a few coins though. That was the CPU mining one that I thought was this is going to be okay. the one because everyone can mine it on their laptop. I, I don't think it's uh -huh. going anymore. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. One of the earliest ones I mined was Ravencoin. That worked out well because I mined it before hardly anybody knew about it. Yeah. But uh, that was pure luck. Yeah, I, I had. And a, I didn't make a fortune off of it. I made a few hundred dollars. Oh yeah, no, me too. I, I sold way before Dash got anywhere near yeah. when I should have. Um, but I, I also had a. I, what did I get? The weirdest piece of Bitcoin tech I've ever owned is an ant miner, um, and I, I stupidly. It was the year where they got quite good, 
and for some reason I bought the water cooled one, and I have no idea why I did that. Like I just I looked at it and got so quiet. Yeah, it was it was supposed to be quiet, but it turned out I had the fan on it anyway. Sorry, it was like <laughs> yeah, it's twice as loud, and. I have to fill with coolant and has and works half as fast. So it's like, well, I guess it looks kind of cool. <laughs> Did you ever actually break even on it? I think I broke even on one machine, and then that okay. was it. I kind of left it at that because I my my PS my the power supply thing exploded, and no. the um, <laughs> so it was like, wait, okay, the thing that I had to spend another hundred dollars on is now broken. So there's not really any point in carrying on doing it. That's awesome. A friend of mine had a, a whole old bookshelf, just a wire shelf filled with video cards. He was mining Ethereum on it. So he, I'm sure he made good money. Yeah. From that. I think that was, that was really before it. it was really big. Yeah. Yeah. And he just had them all hanging on these wire shelves. I remember seeing it being like, what the hell is this? Because I didn't know anything about the stuff at the time. Yeah. I mean, you could heat so, your house and mine Bitcoin at the same time. That was <laughs> and waste twice as much energy. Totally. I'm sure his electric bill was ridiculous. Yeah. So, uh, hey, talk to me. You know, it's funny. We were talking about this when I was saying, hey, I want to find out a little bit about you. You talked about how you were deleted on Wiki. And oh, this yeah. is kind of a common trend. I've seen this about a lot of stuff lately, right? Robness has talked about stuff that's been deleted from there. What is going on there? What's this? So are there was, some moderators on Wiki that are like on a warpath of some sort? I have been on Wiki since before crypto art. And I think I, I, I genuinely, I was put on there by a Japanese company uh, during one of the shows uh, that I did here. And they, I genuinely believe that I have enough references to be on there. And I may have pushed sure. it a little because I, I used to go on there and kind of add shows that I did. Um, so that might be why that seems appropriate though. Yeah. And, and random people were upkeeping it. It had existed for three, four years. Um, and then suddenly the other day, someone who also, and this, this, I looked in this person's edit history and they're trying to delete the MetaMask, um, wiki because they're trying to say, oh, there's a dime a dozen, um, wallets. And it's like, I don't think this person should be editing, um, crypto mm. wikis if they, if they think that that should be deleted, but they, yeah, they, they had only edited that one and the crypto art one and then they suddenly came to mind and just decided that they wanted to nuke it so it was i don't know it just seemed a little bit funny that it had been up for that amount of time it, it um a few times people had requested deletion and then admins had came along and been like no it's fine this should stay up there's enough references but this one time it got nuked um so i don't really know why I still was got... that like a badge of honor or something? Well, for then, me, or what? I never use social media um, until this year. Um, so for me, that was like my only online presence for a really long time. Um, so okay. it, it kind of like, I don't want to sound egotistical, but it did mean something to me. And it's yeah, gone... no, I get that. Yeah, it, it meant because so... I never bothered to build up a Twitter following back when I was doing a lot of stuff or anything like that. So that was kind of my thing. Um, I still got an IMDb page, but now when you look me up, it says actor. But hey, they can't get rid of that one. Um, right. No, yeah. not true. No, scratch it. Yeah, not true. Not enough references. Yeah. And I'm trying, yeah, I'm trying to get claim my Google card so I can really, really stick it to the crypto art wiki guy and say inventor of the crypto art wiki on it. Um, we'll see. We'll see how it happens. He'll just be seething. Yeah, that's what I just want to get. I just want to stick it to that troll. It's like, it's just really, yeah, I moved on. I've moved on from it. It's gone. It's, it's, if anything, it's kind of good because it pushed up a lot of articles that talk about me doing the blockchain art exchange and pushed down a lot of other ones. So it just re ranked. But I noticed the same thing was happening with some of this trash art stuff where a lot of it was getting deleted. Yeah, that, it, it's very strange because I checked it again 
And originally it made mentions of Known Origin, Super Rare, Maker's Place, BAE, all of the you would expect. Um, sure. But all of those companies seem to be deleted from it. And the only company mm -hmm. that's left is Dada NYC. And I'm not quite sure I why, but that's the only company that's... And Rare, Rare Art Labs too, but, but to be fair, I think they were genuinely the first um, kind of marketable product one. Um, but there's only seems to be this kind of New York-based, like all of the stuff came out of New York, which is kind of interesting. So I, I don't know. I, I obviously you sound like you're doing a little detective work here. I, I, obviously, someone who is editing the crypto art wiki has ulterior motives. I don't think that they're a neutral party. I don't think they put that one up out of the kindness of their heart. I think that they're trying to promote. They're you know they're not going to do it obviously, but they're trying to push it in a direction. It's pretty accurate in the history. Isn't that kind of obvious if they've deleted everything except the one? Yeah, it's it, that one. <laughs> yeah, it kind of is because I mean all of the you know all of the companies should be on there. It's not promotion. It's just a fact that they were all launched in 2018, and it doesn't. You totally. don't really need citations. You can just look on Google. It's they were there. Like um, I think that's the difficulty with with Wiki is they demand you know everything has to be cited in all of these press and business, you know, business insider may not be good enough for some reason. And we only like these. But isn't that good, sufficient? There's surely, surely is enough citation sources for those things. So there's a citation for me in, you know, making blockchain art exchange 2018 that wasn't allowed because apparently the upcoming isn't a respected enough news source. And then the, the same argument was made on my wiki page. Apparently business insider isn't a respected enough news source. And it's like, what, news sources do you guys respect it's like oh well the daily mail is okay and the times and it's like those the, the daily mail is about the least respectable news source of the world um but they yeah if it's in that they will happily cite it um yeah it's strange it's strange yeah. uh, they're kind of behind the times it sounds like yeah i think so i i don't i i definitely think that the people editing crypto art wiki have some sort of a, a motive involved i i don't think that they're pure of heart i think that they may have gone around editing other wikis that are related to crypto and like requesting deletion of the metamask one just to cover their tracks so it looks like they've tried to moderate more stuff than just crypto art um interesting but yeah i think there's something something going on there because so what would it be what would their motive be you think I think this it's, is this is just all theory right now. So if we're we're going we're going into, I think that they want to conspiracy theory. Yeah, I think they want to make it look like crypto art evolved in a certain way, and it came out of a certain oh. place. And and Wiki's the place to do that. You know, that's where now the history of everything is. And I don't think they want to include Robinus's trash movement. I don't think they want to include things like that because they want it to seem like this very pure thing evolved and unfortunately it has pepe in its history but it's moved on from that and robinus kind of brings that all back in and just smashes it back into the space while it was still developing and it's you know they want to say pepe was over here and never again memes and any of that hit into the industry it, it was gone forever and we moved on and everything was fantastic and um yeah i think robinus breaks that narrative because he's you know, he's from that sort of background and he, you know, he is from the, the, the rare Pepe sort of days. And I think he, um, yeah, they don't want it to seem like that. They want to legitimize it as much as possible because there's a lot of people. Let's who... talk about that because, you know, obviously there is some controversy there with the Pepe kind of being associated with some well, I... pretty far right stuff. Yeah, yeah definitely. You know? And clearly that's, you know, problematic. Yeah. Um, but there's also pretty innocent yeah. elements to it, right? I... And talk about that well i think i think um this crypto art was our opportunity to take pepe back 
and yeah, yeah, take yeah. them away from those people because the worst thing that you can ever do is is give someone a symbol and that's what's been happening for the last like four or five years is people just keep giving symbols to these extremists and going okay fine we won't use pepe anymore pepe is yours now it's like, well, no, just take it back and keep using it, but use it in the right way, and then it becomes yours again. Um, and crypto art was really, Robinus was was taking the symbol back. Um, and crypto art, you know, it's still used in crypto art today. And I think sure. that even people. I have a Pepe from NFT or from Cryptomatic. I got the other yeah. day for Christmas. No, exactly. And it's not a Nazi Pepe. Yeah, it's, not, it's got nothing <laughs> to do with It's climbing on a roof. Like, it's not some kind of crazy. Yeah. All right thing. Yeah, I think I think it was just like this was the internet's revolt. Um to we brought I think and I think we did. I think we managed to get Pepe back. And I think when people look back at this time period, there'll be the, the dark age of Pepe when he was he was co-opted by kind of the, the the Nazis and then the crypto art community brought him back and made him good again. And it was like a redemption. I think this is Pepe's redemption arc that we're seeing right now. And that's I may and, just have to make one of him like arising from a tomb or something. I don't yeah, know. exactly. He's because people in crypto are even people who are very, you know, very left wing will see Pepe now, and I don't think they'll instantly associate it with the alt right anymore. They'll just go, you know what? It's Pepe. I don't know. I think there is still that hesitancy there. Uh, really? I mean, maybe it's just me because I'm I'm kind of very in the middle. I I always saw him as a meme. Like I've been on the internet for a long time, so I never really. I was like, oh, bad people are using the meme. It's just bad people going to use the meme. You know, like I don't look at Wojak as a bad person meme because he's used by bad people. He's just a very basic person meme. Sure, and you're right. I mean, if 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 a party like a all right party co-ops a symbol of some sort it doesn't make that symbol inherently bad yeah i mean okay so getting into that on a on a really grand scale um in japan there's swastikas all over the place because sure it's an ancient symbol of buddhism symbol of life, and, isn't it? yeah I, 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 like a symbol it's of extension some yeah they turn but but they don't walk around going hey let's get rid of all of this because one dude in the 1940s took it. They, they, they've, it's their symbol. They've had it for longer. They kept it and they're not, it's not related to that in any way. And that's, I think a lot could be learned from that in the sense that they could be like, and the same in India, it's used in India, it's used all over the place. Right. So I think a lot could be learned from that in just being like, no, this isn't yours. You may have used it for something bad, but this is ours and this is what it means. And it doesn't have to mean the you know because it got to levels of lunacy where um people were co-opting the okay hand gesture and it's like guys yeah, yeah 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 slow down it's the, it's <laughs> it's it doesn't have to be that <laughs> um it, it, it only if you choose anymore without people thinking i'm a nazi like yeah. it's it's like on. yeah it's like this this is this is going way too far just just stop letting them take things from you and like, just can take... I wave at you is that a new yeah. rude gesture that i don't know like exactly and no and if you look back far enough anyone's gonna get in trouble for doing something at one point the funniest thing is like divers because every diver you do the okay thing when you're okay so everyone who has ever been in a diving photo and has that is gonna now get into trouble it's like it's it's, it's stupid um people people should be more forceful in not letting people take symbols from them and you do that when you decide that their use of the symbol is correct. Hmm. Well said. Well said. Very interesting point. Hey, can I plug my fundraiser that I'm doing right now with oh, CoinTelegraph? Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to tell you about it and tell the listeners about it. Um, 
I have a bit of a zombie thing. I don't know if you know. I actually have a zombie bitumen. I can show you. Oh yeah. Um, that I made for him. And uh, uh, let me see if I can show this to you a second. Anyway, um, I kind of got a zombie thing going. That's my vibe. I'm probably best known for making zombies. Um, and I just love making them. I just I have I laugh at them when I make them. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> oh, nice. Okay, yeah, yeah. I've seen this. Have you? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, here, I also showed you Zombie Veer. Vladislav uh, Ginsberg had a good laugh at this one the other day. Um, but anyway, <clears throat> those are kind of my jam. So anyway, I was talking with John Rice. He's the Rice. managing editor at Cointelegraph. And uh, I was saying, well, for Christmas, I'm doing a series. I'm doing 12 Days of Zombies. And I'm just taking uh, TV shows, movies that are classics around Christmas and I'm going to make zombie versions of them. And uh, he's like, that's an awesome idea. Why don't we do it as a charitable event? And I was like, uh, okay. And so what we did is we set up a 12 days of zombie Christmas. Oh, nice. And yeah. And I'm releasing them day by day um, to the public via um, open sea on my storefront there. And I'm donating 80% of the proceeds to charities associated with the giving block. And that's, that's my goal. So for that, I would just encourage people to head over to uh, my Twitter is probably easiest place to find me decline D K L E I N E. And you can find it also on open C at decline and you'll find uh, my um, they're on auction there. So now I'm trying to dig around for it right uh, now. What's on the my... Giving Block? I haven't I haven't heard of heard Giving of Block is a charity organization. What they do is they help charities to um to accept cryptocurrencies for okay. donations. So basically, what here they are. They found them. Uh, it's kind of sad that I can't find my own work by searching online. <laughs> uh, but anyway. <laughs> Uh, the Giving Block, what they do is they facilitate the donation of cryptocurrencies via um, their organization and for charities to accept that. And then, of course, the charities will convert that into cash. And so my goal with these is to raise awareness for these charities and to uh, get people to give to them. So yeah. that's what I've been pushing for. So if you want to check it out there, I threw a few links at you there. Oh, no, I'm just kind of spreading the word. And uh, yeah, I've got 12 of them in total. Tomorrow's is going to be good. And uh, <laughs> that, so that's my, that's my plug for, for uh, what I'm doing for Christmas. Oh, no, these are awesome. They're, um, they're just kind of, they're, they're really varied as well. You're, you're good at turning things into zombies. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Go and, uh, go and get some of these. Uh, well, now you know about it. Yeah. So uh, the idea is that, what I'm doing is I've set a deadline for them. They're all expiring on Christmas Eve, but I've given them each their own half hour. So okay. one of them expires at noon, the next at 1230. I'm talking Mountain Standard Time right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, and each half hour, another one expires. So, of course, being that it's like nine, ten days away, there's not a lot of bids yet, right? But, you know, um, the goal being to... Uh, get each of these charities to get a little bit of a donation going from this definitely that's 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 really cool um that's 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 really cool um 
Can I can I do a plug of uh, our kind of YouTube? Yeah, do, yeah. A lot of people subscribed will already be uh, subscribed. If you want to watch some fun art be created live, we do live streams with multiple artists where we kind of ask pub quiz questions and build artwork around a meme. Um, every try and do it every week, but there's live streams every week on the BAE uh, YouTube of like interviews. Um, that's at just Blockchain Art Exchange on Google um, or YouTube. Sorry, that's the same company. So. You go to YouTube. Yeah, and type in and Blockchain, 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 Blockchain Art Exchange. Let me look here. Sorry yeah. for my noisy keyboard. I haven't that kind of that's okay. um, Yeah, that's the, uh, that's, that's kind of, I'm trying to build that out a little bit because it's fun. And I like, um, I like doing the streams of artists. We have a lot of fun. Like last week we did um, Hide the Pain Herald and Cyberpunk. And kind of, we just do like a little meme every week um, to kind of keep the little bit of like the fun and creative side and, more out there part of crypto art kind of going um i want to keep that kind of energy energy there um that's awesome and it's it's just yeah it's just a bit of fun. i think the week before that we did ricardo and cake so it's always it's always silly and it's always aimed towards the you know the more you got to make it in 45 minutes so it's always going to end up being the more trashy side of things um okay yeah but i think that's 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 kind of fun thing we do obviously myba.io is the main website um with posting updates to that weekly uh we've got a lot of updates coming um shortly um and and a redesign hopefully um so that's that's a lot of exciting things happening over there if you want to have a social currency accepted on there we also do that um shout out to collector which is a interesting currency which has been kind of he's been huge supporter of the platform since the start um that's kltr correct yeah yeah kltr um he's been really kind of um supportive and helped us build actually uh i'm not sure we would have gained the traction in the same speed as we have without him um but we also allow based um because everyone was asking me to add it i don't actually know what it is so no endorsement there but you can list for it on ba um and then uh finally trash and of course trash um which i think robness is is gonna pick back up he he's been working hard on creating a new version new version of art or something he's been in, in his cave banging his bones together as he says uh. <laughs> i did a little uh one of my own little trash scoops on him oh right i picked up i picked up the colored nothing one of his colored nothings for trash <laughs> and i snapped it up at a very nice price oh, nice yeah those were very happy <laughs> That's probably the best thing now trash has gone down. If, if you're holding a lot of trash, just go and get all of Robbus' ones yeah. before he realizes that he's got them up for that price. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, what you can do, you can filter for it, right? Yeah. And he's so. he's got, like, he, Robbus' art is the easiest, um, and I own a lot of it that I keep forever because I like it, but I have also resold a lot of it, and I found that Robbus' is the easiest to resell out of any art. To flip so, it. Yeah. It's okay. a big endorsement to rob because he seems to understand the concept of letting buyers get it at a lower price so they can flip it later um mm. which I, think a lot of I admit i put mine at a ridiculous price because i don't really have an intention of selling it right now so i think i put it up for 99 ethereum or something like oh, right. that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you never know right it's crazy times and robness has been there since yeah. the start i mean i think that he'll that be really worth that much i um well I've I've got nothing i really like that series yeah i, I sorry got... i was talking Oh no no no! I I, I got the Techno Origami was my favorite series of his. Have you got any of those? Uh, that's a good one too. Desiree, mm-hmm. he's, he's done some really cool stuff. I'm looking forward to see what's what's next. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, very cool. Yeah. Oh hey, I sent you a link to a zo- uh, a herald that I zombified. Oh, I pain zo- Oh nice. <laughs> 
Some Harold. Oh shit! We should, have, we should have had you on. That would have been perfect. <laughs> you just have to add some cyberpunk glasses to him, and that's uh, that's, that's done. <laughs> anyway, hey, it's been really fun having you on the show. I appreciate you uh, spending the time here, um, and I wish you all the best with um, mybay.io. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for having me on. And uh, it's really good podcast. I good good luck with um, with it. I'm looking forward to it coming out. Awesome. Yeah, I'll, I'll get right on it. Thanks again for listening to the Non-Fungible Podcast. See you again soon. <laughs>